Hey everyone, welcome to the Doctors of Running Virtual Roundtable, where we three doctors of physical therapy discuss the art and the science to the stuff that we're putting on our feet. Today on the docket is the Hoka One One, wrong way, Rincon 2. I have the coolest colorway of anyone. Definitely. For those of you who can't, who are listening on podcast, I have the TK of the Tokyo colorway, uh, whereas they have the normal one. But they're the same shoe, they just look a little bit different. And we're excited to dive into this shoot today. I am the person with the specs, uh, so I will just dive into those really quick for us. Uh, we are looking at, uh, for a men's size 9, 7.7 .7 ounces, and for a women's size 7, 6.5 ounces. So this has maintained the same weight as the previous version, nice and light. It has a 5-millimeter drop. For men's, it's 29 in the heel. 24 in the forefoot and for women it's 26 in the heel and 21 in the forefoot uh, the midsole is com composed of a full compression eva throughout uh, the outsole has some uh, spotty areas of rubber blown rubber on the outside and then it's an engineered mesh upper so that's what we got for specs anything else to add just measured them by the way for so i I have a size 10, David size nine and a half, Nathan size nine, so Nathan's gonna have the closest to that listed weight. For a men's size 10, this comes in at 8.2 ounces in what I just measured. So, great. depending on size. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Okay, well, let's start off with talking about the fit. Um, what do you guys think about how this shoe fits, you know, in the heel, the forefoot, what's the upper like, what's the lockdown, all that kind of stuff? I found the upper is supposed to be the major update, although we'll get into some other areas that I feel like even though they're supposed to be the same, they ended up being different than the first version. Lockdown is okay. I didn't... It was, it was decent, right? So the upper feels very different than the last version. To me, it was less airy, a little more locked down. So lockdown is definitely better. Runs just a hair narrow in the forefoot for sure, as a lot of Hoka's do, with a fairly average to slightly snug fit back to the midfoot and fairly average to maybe a hair wide like a lot of Hoka's do in the heel, at least for me. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think the, the lockdown's pretty good. I mean, I did 18 miles in trails this morning in them and I didn't have any slippage or anything and they did surprisingly well I'll talk a little bit more about that later when we talk about ride and stuff but um yeah the upper I didn't run in the first one I've seen and held the first one and just off of visual aesthetics I, like you mentioned it does seem it's like a little thicker maybe not quite as airy right but like that's a sandwich mesh right isn't that what they call it yeah and that hug on the midfoot's a little better. And I think it runs a little wider than the Clifton 6, in my opinion, if we're keeping it within the Hoka line. Because when I would run in the Hoka Clifton 6, I would just get a lot of midfoot irritation in here. And I didn't have any in that, in this one. 
And then the forefoot, it wasn't wide, but it wasn't exactly that narrow either. Like maybe a little bit more narrow than normal, but not enough for me to have any irritation. So I actually, I thought the fit was pretty good, relatively thick upper. Um, and then the lockdown kind of helped with the heel there. Um, it's not a great lockdown in the heel, but it's enough. So. Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with you guys. Um, pretty relatively minimal upper throughout, which I appreciate in a shoe. I kind of like that. The tongue is really thin as well. In addition to kind of the, the heel counter is, is there, but there's not a ton of padding, but I found there was enough. Um, I did find I had to really lace it down a bit through the midfoot. For me, I have a slightly more narrow foot. And even with that, uh, I would say the most uh, relatively narrow part was at the point of the MTP joint, the metatarsal phalangeal joints, kind of where the kind of the big part of the big toe is um, in the, where the, you know, where your foot <laughs> transitions into your toes. That's where I was noticing the kind of the most, if there was the most narrow part, I think that would be the relatively most narrow section of the shoe. It didn't, um, I'll get into more of where I think that might've impacted me a little bit later, but um the, in terms of the fit of the upper and uh, the lockdown, I just had to, like I said, lace it down a little bit tighter because the heel doesn't have like a ton of hug around the calcaneus. So I had to really snug it up, but um, it did the job. It's light. I mean, the shoe is super light and the upper kind of goes in line with that. I have not ran in the first version. So this is my first one as well. But now, you know, moving on from that, let's kind of talk about the ride. And in that, let's talk about speed. What was it like for you guys in di at different tempos? And what's the ride of the shoe like for you guys? David, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty smooth. I, I've been feeling a little beat up this week just because I've had a bump in mileage with the multiple shoe testing going on. And uh, <laughs> uh, I put these on for the first time late in the week. Uh, and... I just did an easy day and I was running a little quicker than I actually thought I was. I felt like the shoe does run pretty light. Um, the five millimeter drop feels pretty true. I feel like it's, it's pretty fluid, but it doesn't feel aggressive. Like when you think of like four or five millimeter drop, you almost think like, Oh, I'm about to load my calves. That's not really the case in this shoe. There's plenty of protection and stack on there. So it almost just kind of felt fluid. Like I felt like there was enough protection on there for how light it was that I can kind of smack the ground a little bit. And even this morning when I was running through rocks and stuff, it was, it was okay in terms of the protection on the foot. So it felt like the, the protection was there. The ride is still a little on the firm side though. I mean, it's basically like a thick slab of EVA and that's about it, you know? So it, it helps keep the weight down and it helps give you protection, but it does kind of firm up the ride. But some people do like that, uh, having a slightly firmer ride with a little bit of protection and a little bit more ground feel probably than what you would in some other shoes of similar stack. Um, I feel like it would might be appreciated. We'll go into durability later, I'm sure. But you can feel the traction a little bit when you start going into like turns and like downhills but I almost wish that there would be just a little bit more outsole, maybe covering the entirety of the forefoot and then maybe a little bit more on that posterior lateral heel. Whoops, there you go. Because if you see, this is only at like 25 miles and I've like shredded through a decent amount of it. 
So if they just extended it, even just like one panel, like if it was just like, boop, like <laughs> I feel like that would protect the shoe a little bit more um, and maybe make that a little bit more smooth and grippy too. Um, I didn't feel like I was going to slip out at any moment, but it also, you also don't get much of a pull from the, from the road or from the dirt when all of it's exposed, you know? So. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I found, because I think I'm the only one of the group that's running the first version. So right. I found this ride to be firmer than previous and stiffer. So I definitely noticed that in the first couple of runs is that transition. I got off that really quick, which was somewhat nice. The We'll talk about the durability stuff later, which I am the destroyer. So you can already see that happening. Definitely firmer. And although it is light, to me, it didn't feel like the lightest ride. And that might be just because there's a good amount of shoe there. So for those who like a lot of shoe but want a lighter ride, this might work very well. For someone like me, it just feels like it just feels heavier than it rides. But it did do well with things like strides, a little up-tempo work, just because of the stiffer and firmer ride. So that does feel good. Like David said, there is a, there's a, it's a lower drop, as most Hokas are. But I really don't feel it as someone who's a little sensitive to that right now. I didn't feel it at all. I think it's because of this. It's the rocker is so pronounced that it just rolls you through that. So overall, Rywood's pretty good. The the wider outsole and, and sole is is decently stable. The sidewalls are, are decent. So overall, like a, a somewhat stable ride, a firmer ride, a little faster transition, but not not the lightest. So definitely more on the lightweight trainer side of things, in my opinion. Yeah, I I. I agree with you in some ways and have a little bit different experience than some other. Again, this is, I didn't run in the first, so I'm not comparing to anything. So that does make a difference. So you know what the old one felt like. I, I enjoyed uh, the ride of the shoe. I think it's, it's unique to have a pretty high stack at such a lightweight. That's a, that's a relatively unique thing. And it's, um, it's a pretty consistent ride. I agree with you guys that the stat or the drop doesn't feel aggressive and they i just think hoka does a good job with their heel bevels so for people like me who are striking back there it's always smooth um something i've been noticing about this shoe i'll try to describe it for those of you who are listening on podcasts if you look here at the shoe there's uh there's a piece of foam that comes in that's got some kind of lined uh texture to it and when you just compress the foam that is in the heel that's below that um, it, that actually that textured area doesn't even come in until the midfoot really um, that textured area feels a little bit more firm and so it almost feels like when I'm running too that there's like this transition from a soft heel and you're landing to a, a firmer I agree with you Matt like a firmer more stiff toe off and what I felt like that did for like a for speed was the shoe didn't necessarily give a lot of propulsion but the shoe kept up with whatever I did, the shoe's light enough to keep up and it has a firm enough forefoot that it's giving a little bit of spring. And so when you push into it, it's not like lagging behind, it's kind of keeping up. But I, I do think there's a difference in that density between those two foams. Um, and, they, and the rocker, they, they said they refined the rocker of this one a little bit to be a little bit more, a little bit more early staged meta rocker compared to the previous. Um, which is which is nice, and we can dig into meta, early stage meta rockers a little bit maybe later. But I appreciated the ride of the shoe overall. I think the one thing that I've been noticing um, with 
Hoka in general, uh, but definitely this shoe, uh, is that they, they do put those little bit of sidewalls of EVA. So that the stack that you see here on the outside is higher than the footbed on the inside. And I've had a lot of rubbing uh, over my first three, over my first three runs, pretty pronounced on the inside of the ball of my foot. Um, so I was getting, uh, I've gotten pretty decent blisters, um, but that could change as we go on. And, but I do think that's a function of the sidewall and the fact, like I talked about with the fit, that it's a little bit more narrow in that section. And so I'm just kind of sliding down the sidewall and it's being compressed at the same time. Um, and I think Matt, you had a similar experience. I've, I've had the exact same experience where I do like the sidewalls because they do provide a like just gentle guidance for the foot without needing any additional arch support or things like that. But the problem with a lot of these is that I have the same issue with a lot of hokas that I get blistering along, especially the medial side, rarely the lateral, but a lot of that medial, like the first MTP, first toe, Alex, I'll get a lot of blistering there. And sometimes trying to break these in is not the most fun. Know that this, this gets better with time as your foot adapts to it. But the, the sidewalls I feel do not, are not contoured to the side of the foot. So it just, there's a lot of potential for rubbing there and you do have to get used to that. And so my feet have gotten used to it more. And so that might also be my skin toughening up, but just there's a break in period. So that's what that means. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really enjoyable for me, really enjoyable ride. Like it's, it's smooth and I like firmer shoes. So to have a, to have a more maximalist shoe that's a little bit firmer and not so cushioned and soft and like plush, I appreciate that because I feel like I can take it out for speed days when my legs feel a little bit beat up because yep. there is a lot of, under the foot. I think that's what I like it for the most. It's yeah. got a unique place. I think it's interesting because it's kind of like the maximalist minimalist shoe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was a maximalist lightweight trainer, right? Right. Because the Clifton 6 is kind of like the daily trainer, go beat it up and take it through high mileage. Whereas the Rincon is kind of like, you could still do that, but it's more uh, like that performance trainer, lightweight trainer. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree. I feel like I could take it for daily miles and then also pick it up a little bit if I have to. So, How has the durability gone for you guys? <laughs> I don't beat up my outsoles. So my outsole looks pretty good. I have, you can't even see where, anywhere on the exposed foam for me. I haven't beat it up. I've got, right now I've got about 20. Um, so I'm not fully done with my wear testing, but at this point for me, it looks pretty typical, but I don't beat it up. Um, the foam, the midsole foam looks pretty good. Um, I think in other hokas that I've worn, I've had earlier creasing of the EVA, which isn't necessarily mean the shoe's dead, but, but uh, there's, I don't have that yet either. So, uh, I'll start it off with a positive note and then let you guys take it from there. <laughs> David, why don't you go first? <laughs> Actually, it's kind of surprising me in a positive way because 18 of those miles this morning, I mean, they were relatively technical rock trails. So I thought this was going to get chewed up way more than what it actually did. Uh, I've got about 25 miles on them so far. Now, there is more wear than what I would normally anticipate for 25 miles. Um, but the abrasion, actually, I don't think is that horrible. I mean, no more than what a rock would normally chew up an outsole with. Um, 
there's not a whole lot of like durable rubber outsole or I don't know if it's blown rubber or not, but uh, I have a feeling that the destroyer probably has come close to blowing through it already. There's not a whole much, there's not a whole lot through there. So even on the parts that aren't exposed, it's like just enough to kind of give you a little bit of traction and, and extend the life of the shoe just a little bit, but not, it's not the most durable shoe in the world by any means. So I think I actually, I miscalculated. I actually have the least number of miles of the group. So I think I have somewhere between 18 to 20. And oh. uh, I'm definitely chewing through it both at the forefoot and the heel. That's the oh. you, know, you need to know going into this, there's not a ton of outsole rubber and that's not the point, right? The point is to create a lightweight shoe with a, a, a large stack height. So just know that, just know for those of us that uh, destroy shoes, this may not be the greatest option for you. If you're very light in your feet like David or Nathan and you don't get a lot of outsole wear, you'll be totally fine. But yeah. I am probably not going to get a ton of miles out of these. This is a shoe I'm, I'm excited to keep this in my rotation, to be honest. Once my foot adapts from the, from the blistering, which I know it will, um, I like I said, I really like it for days that I want to – like if I'm just still training, I want to get some speed in there, but the legs feel a little bit beat up. It, it's a nice amount of cushion. I like the slightly firmer ride. Stiffer forefoot for me, I, I appreciate it on those days, and it just keeps up with what I'm doing, but it's forgiving enough. So, And since I don't bro blow through my rubber, I should be okay for a long time. <laughs> me not so much. Yeah, and what do you guys think? earlier too, when I was saying like a potential recommendation – the the goal of the shoe isn't to have a full contact outsole. So that's why on that posterior lateral heel, like if you could put yours up, Klein, you see how there's a lot of wear like right in here. And like if you just added one little panel, that could extend the difference. life a lot, you know? And then even in the forefoot, like right there, as you're towing off, that's not that much more weight to add if you just go full forefoot. But that's where you I see. Like, I don't think that'd be a bad option. I mean, maybe you add what 0 0.1, 0 0.2 of an ounce, maybe. At most, yeah, yeah. That's a very good recommendation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. What do you guys think of stability for this guy? Pretty good. Yeah, you, I actually. Yeah, go for it, David. Sorry. Um, I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah, like the the sidewalls, I think actually help a little bit. I know you guys got a little irritated by them. I was actually surprised I didn't, to, to be completely honest. Um, but it helps kind of guide the foot there. The, the bevel's good. You kind of get a good initial contact. It's relatively smooth through the midfoot with that nice lockdown. And then you get a little bit of a firmer toe off, and it's kind of a it, – it's, it's a pretty smooth ride, and the firmer ride also helps contribute to that stability a little bit as well. And then you have a tiny, tiny little bit of flare, but – not, not a whole lot, but uh, the, I think it's more the sidewalls than anything that kind of just help guide it a little bit. Yep. Totally agreed on that, that the stability is actually pretty good. The sidewalls do act like a very gentle guide for the foot. If you need high, high stability, it's, it's obviously not going to be enough, but there's a lot of inherent stability there just based on the rocker, just based on the sidewalls. They did, did a decent job with that. Once you can get over, just it, your foot doesn't match exactly to the sidewalls. You may get a little rubbing, but once you get over that, it's, Pretty decent, impressed. But Hoka does, usually does that decently. Yeah, definitely. For especially for high stack, you know, for high stack shoes, they add in enough stability elements to right. offset some of that, which is nice. 
and that wide midsole outsole is, is super important for that. So yeah. One one quick thought that I had. This is unrelated to this stuff, but um, just thinking about early stage meta rockers. Yeah. Um, thinking about specific patient populations or people who have pain ankle conditions. Um, one thing you can consider, you know, when, when you're looking at rocker soles, you have early stage meta rockers, any of early stage rockers and late stage rockers, they call theirs the meta rocker in Hoka, but like a, a later stage rocker would be something like the glide ride, a six glide ride. That's way more towards the forefoot. And again, what they're trying to do, there's three rockers in the, gait cycle there's the heel rocker the ankle rocker and the forefoot rocker and we have stuff on our website that kind of run through that and maybe we'll do a round table on something with this but just really quick if you if you know that you have an ankle condition um disclaimer this is not medical advice if you have a condition you should see blah 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 okay disclaimer done but if you have a professional right if you are having pain right yeah uh, condition so podiatrist <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you could consider, you know, if you have an early stage meta rocker, early stage would mean that it's positioned more towards the, the heel than it is towards the toes. So if you have an early stage meta rocker, that's going to start acting earlier during the gait cycle, which means it's going to uh, decrease the demand on the ankle rocker, which means you, in theory, should move into less dorsiflexion, which means that you should put less demand on the anterior or front side of the Taylor dome. The Taylor dome is the, we sit right on top of, of the talus. Um, and, and that's kind of our weight bearing bone in the foot. And if you know that you have uh, anterior Taylor dome, uh, oh my gosh, what's the word? Impingement. Like impingement. Yeah, impingement or uh, even defects like osteochondral defects. Right. You know, earlier, earlier stage meta rockers, one of the goals could be to decrease the demand or compression on the front side of the, of the talus. So um, that I, I do appreciate that as an option when it comes to Hoka. Like when I have people come into the clinic and they're looking for something in that realm, if we can't, you know, if we don't want to go do something custom um, and trying to get something put on, even just for walking, I have them at least try a Hoka, um, go to the store and see what it feels like to walk around. And, um, this has, this has that and a lot of their other shoes do, but I think that's one of the non running specific things, but it's just a mechanics change that happens with meta rockers and early stage can be good for the anterior telodome. I, I definitely agree with Nathan that I, again, we are not sponsored by Hoka. We do not, are not, you know, they, they send them some shoes for review, but we are not affiliated with them. I right. do the same thing where a lot of acute foot and ankle injuries, I will suggest something like this because we know from the research that these maximalists and rocker designs really offload the foot, especially forefoot area. A lot of times the, these, these heel bubbles can really unload the heel, the calcaneus, the midfoot can do a good job with this stuff. So either those with an acute injury, it's kind of not that different from some of those boots, but like the, however, it still allows them to be pretty mobile and still get some mobility. The other population is your older population that has, that's losing their mobility, say, especially the yes. first, the MTP joints, right? The, that losing that extension, you need for walking alone for normal, you need at least 60 degrees of extension at those toe joints. Not a lot of people have that. That's where this toe, the toe spring we talk about, right? The late stage meta rocker, 
that's what that really helps with of going, hey, now you don't need to extend. You can just roll off that. So that's where it's super helpful. And I suggest these frequently for people that either, you know, their their prognosis is not very good in terms of being able to make a change because they may have gone far enough down that road. It's like, hey, this is this this joint is not going to change a lot, right? And you want we want to try a non-circle triple option. These do very well for that. And as Nathan mentioned, that early stage matter walker works very well for the Taylor cruel issues, right? Is those people who have zero dorsiflexion and that ain't coming back and, or they're not willing to work on it or they're considering surgical stuff. Like this is a much better conservative treatment to think about. And Hoka tends to do that. Well, there's some other companies that are doing similar things, but are not quite there. ASICs is, is close, but they're like, Nathan's going to be the expert on that since he's the only one that's really tried those shoes so far from ASICs, the Bly ride and stuff like that. From what I understand, it's much later. So you're going to really, that's going to benefit those with metatarsal issues. Not so, not as much. Yeah. The, so it's very, very late. I mean, you feel it, you feel it in toss. I mean, it's great. It's just different. Very different. Yeah. Very good option. Again, we know these rocker shoes and maximalist shoes, whether it's the Vaporfly, whether it's Hoka, they tend to offload the ankle joints. We are not sure where that force goes. A lot of times there is some evidence to suggest it starts going more into the knee and the hip, which isn't a bad thing. And I have actually utilized some of these maximalist shoes to retrain gait and without making people over-focus on it. So if I want to help people utilize a hip-dominant movement strategy, sometimes these kind of shoes can help. Yeah. It doesn't mean you have to wear them forever, right? <laughs> but kind of like this might be a good option for right now while you're training and shifting. Right. Like for an acute uh, offloading. Right. Yeah. yeah that's what I was thinking too. Like even just people with stiff ankles in general, like mm -hmm. having a little bit of pinching in that Taylor dome um, or decreased great toe extension, but also like say someone who's like a more stable post-op condition as well, where there's not as much swelling necessarily i don't think this would be the greatest if you have smalling but say it's reduced and uh and you're just having a, some problems with that dorsiflexion might not be a bad option too to just kind of help get that gait cycle a little bit more fluid at least in those like months you know like two to four ish depending on how they're doing yeah you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So Matt, bring us in. What's our what's our if this shoe were a blank, what would it be and why? We haven't heard this yet, so yeah, they, they put me on the spot. They know this is the lar the biggest struggle I have every time is to not just answer this question. Now I have to go. What is the question? So if this shoe was a zoo animal, what would it be? Zoo animal. Yes. All right. I think I got it. I'm just going to say what popped into my head first, and I'm going to say an otter. Have you guys ever seen otters at the zoo? Yes. Those things are, those things are slick. They're awesome. Um, <laughs> they, you know, I, <laughs> uh, now that I'm starting, I got to figure out why I think an otter. It's just <laughs> what came into my head. I, <laughs> I wanted to pick something that, you know, like otters aren't this 
you know, scrawny pushover type animal. Uh, but they're, they're smooth they're, and they are pretty fast, especially in the water. Not that the shoe runs fast in the water, but, um, but there's something about them. They, they're, they're thick bodied, but they're not, I don't know, but they're not like the fattest animal you'll see. So they're the minimalist of the maximal. That's not even true. And, uh, they're pretty smooth in the water. This is your otter. Like a triathlete, which the, the ring cons have been showing up, up at a good number of a lot of the triathlons, right? It's a popular triathlon shoe. So That's why I said, that's why I said otter, yes. All right, David, your turn. So mine has a giant plot hole through it, but um, mine's also a water animal. Uh, mine's actually the hippo. Oh, yeah. Now, hippos are very heavy. This is not very heavy. However, they're very chonky, and, but they're also very, very fast for their size. And oh, so I like that. They're, they're more agile than people give them credit for. Uh, so aside from the actual weight of the hippo, it's, it's, it's thick. It's, it's not the most durable, so, I mean, you could probably – a hippo could take a hit. I don't know how much, <laughs> but <laughs> but like it's not gonna it's not gonna bend or break. It it's a pretty dang good. You can use it for daily training if you had to. Durable enough, and it and it runs lighter than what it looks. You know, so I'm going with the hippo. Like it. I had had those both go through my head prior, and I'll be honest, I still don't, now that you guys have taken them, I have no idea. That's amazing. Yeah, because I thought like hippo, but again, because they can move very fast. I had the wonderful fortune of working at, for those of you in Oregon listening to this, I was an, I was an Oregon Zoo team back in the day, so I had the wonderful what? working at the Oregon Zoo. It was phenomenal. Shout out to that program. Those guys are awesome, so I got to go all over. Shout out to all the keepers and the vets that were nice enough to talk to me and show me the behind the scenes stuff. So that was very cool. Support them best you can. The otters are intense. They are very fast. And I, I don't know. I did the, they're not thick though, right? They're super sleek. They're muscular. If you put your hand. Muscular. In, yeah. If you, if you put your hand near them, they will take your fingers off. The, the jaws yeah. are incredible. Not that I ever did that and not that they're mean, but they're really strong. So I don't know. I feel like I got to save the otter for something else. Are we going to use this question again? No. All right. But I'm going to, I'm going to double up with Nathan saying just based on the color that an otter, I, I agree with, although I also agree with David. So it might go halfway between just because it can move. It felt really good, decent for strides. It's not going to be my go-to ratio. It, it's not, I've used it for a long run. It actually did super well. I've used this for a little up-tempo work. It works well, and that's its purpose. It's a lightweight trainer. It's not the fastest, but it's got a nice firm ride that will roll you forward. So based on – I'm trying to make a reference here to the fact that the otters can crack stuff on their stomach with a rock. <laughs> I got nothing. Please, let's move on. We'll take that as a fun fact. Yes. So do you guys have any final thoughts? Otherwise, we'll wrap it up. I, I agree with David. I, I would like them. I know this is not the purpose, but I would like them to just add a little bit more outsole rubber. Just not the whole thing, just in a couple of those high wear areas. 
just extend the life of the shoe a little bit. It's already good, right? There's enough midsole here that you're when even when you do chew through it, there's still plenty of life there. But I think you might be able to get just a little bit more. This is already a great deal for a Hoka. It's already on the the. Not, I don't want to say it's a cheap shoe, but it's on the less expensive end of a lot of Hoka's. So it's a great deal for somebody who wants a lightweight daily trainer. But you could just add a couple more of this stuff. I the other thing is I would love if they could try to contour those sidewalls a little bit more. And I don't mean this as an insult, but it does feel like running in a shoebox the first couple miles. But that's that's fairly, that's Hoka tends to have that for me. Not everybody has an experience. Then it breaks in and it feels great. But I, I would suggest seeing if you can contour that just a little bit more to the foot, which is hard given the variety of foot shapes. What do you guys think? That's the first time Matt and I agree completely. For the pull tab enthusiasts, you got an awesome one. Totally. I've never used it, but it's there. <laughs> um, great. I think yeah. I'll, I'll wrap. Did you have any comments? Oh, I was, I, what I was actually going to say was, you know, for a lightweight trainer for $115, they didn't increase the price. That's really a nice thing that they, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a courtesy to the people, but that is a great thing. And we'll take it. It's kind of like Reebok with the forever float ride energy. Like that shoe took off and they didn't increase the price for version two and they did make some nice updates. So um, for them not to increase the price here, I think it was a, a nice move by Hoka. Um, and that is just one factor, but yeah, I enjoyed the shoe. I would right. say it's definitely worth the 115. Like we, yeah. Yeah, we agree that we like it. It's lightweight. It's got a great ride. There is a little breaking in that's required, but for a lightweight trainer, this is a pretty good shoe. And for a lot of people, a lot of folks, you know, having a shoe that's this light that they can train in will be perfect for your five K's and your 10 K's and your half marathons. Like, exactly. It's for the majority of people, it'll be just fine. Not <laughs> the majority of people don't need an elite racing shoe, you know? And so this could be a great option for, for something that could do it all for you. Totally agree. Also, well, it, it smelled pretty well. I know Klein likes to, to look into that a little bit. Anyway. So we see, it always is a question of how long the nice shoe smell is going to last. My last thoughts, and then I'm going to sign us off here. I came prepped with my, for my, for my podcast listeners, uh, came prepped with my brewer hat and my, my badger water bottle. And, uh, cause David always wears, some, I don't know, some offensive team. He just keep, continues to wear that. <laughs> like this star. I don't understand. Um, yeah, but it's like, yeah. I came prepped. Anyway, there are our thoughts on the art, the science behind putting the Hoka One One Rincon on your feet. Uh, for more information, you can go to our website at drsofrunning.com. Please subscribe to our podcast or YouTube channel, as well as checking out the rest of the information on our website. Take care, y'all.